East-West Draftcast may not be suitable for all listeners. Anchors away, podcast listeners. This is Greg. Welcome back to the long-anticipated return of East-West Draftcast. <laughs> uh, it's been a while. Uh, ever since the... Uh, what do you want to call it? The podcast more? <laughs> ever since... Ever since the uh, New Year's resolution to stay on a podcasting schedule, we've released a whopping zero episodes. And that's my fault. That's Jeff's fault. Uh, Anyway, we're back now. Hopefully uh, you didn't forget about us. And uh, joining me today, co-host number one, Johnny Lawls. Hey, everybody. John (laughs) Lallemond. Turn the sound off on your phone, will you? (laughs) That all about. Hey girl. Hey baby. <laughs> Wanna to go to the aquarium? Total podcast rookie here. <laughs> and then uh co host number two. You know him. I know him. Ryan Hogan. What's up, dude? Hey everybody. What's up, Greg? What's up, John? Host hey. one? Yo. Anyway, uh Born of the Gods out. Pre release was last mm-hmm. weekend. Release mm-hmm. was last night. You drafted Ryan. John, I drafted. Did you? No? Okay. Didn't make it out. No. But you did get in a pre release. Pre release. A draft on Tuesday? Yeah, that's right. Okay, so we've got some thoughts, but admittedly the format's still very new. Mm -hmm. We are still trying to figure out what's good, what's not, what's changed since Theros, and we just kind of want to talk about that today. Um, We make big, bold statements. Just speculate wildly. Fire away. Yeah. (laughs) Right now, go for it. Speak like it's total truth. I'm waiting. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) What's your big, bold statement? Hit me. Uh, just, Just give me anything. I'll... I'll say anything about it. All right, I'm, I'm just full of bullshit right now, but I need to get. Tell me know, about. Tell me about eye right. gouge. How good is eye gouge? Worst card in the set. Best card in the set. Best card in the set. Yeah. Okay, that's <laughs> I think John closer, says so, closer so. to best than worst. Yeah. 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 I mean, Taking out Cyclops is like nobody's business. Probably the best flavor card. Love in the flavor. How long? I mean, I, I can't think of anything that compares to it. Since so, our, since flavor is horse. Since yeah. Crone Horse, yeah, yeah, <laughs> way back when, yeah, all the way back in the Crone Horse. But would a stab in the eye really kill a Cyclops, or just make it blind? I mean, if, if a Cyclops is blind, what does he have? Really, just like a poor sense of smell? He can size and rage. Yeah, yeah. he can still kick. You, Start flopping around. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, I don't know how we really want to get started here. I kind of grabbed a handful of cards from my uh, pre-release and my first draft, and I have some stuff I would like to talk about, but um, I don't know. Do you guys have any, like, preliminary thoughts before we jump in, like, about the format or about what you expected? I don't have anything in terms of expectations. I've just given the uh, the spoiler pretty limited look over mm-hmm. before the, uh, the pre-release, something I've wanted to do a little bit more of lately. You know, it's kind of resist trying to get my fix of the set by checking out the visual spoiler in its entirety and making those speculations before I see it. Because then it's just, the pre-release becomes much more fun. It's such a unique experience to just crack cards with no preconceptions. and barely ever get to do that, right? It's really just that one day for the release for some, or... Yeah, true. Well, a month later for the really busy patch. But, uh, but no, I had no preconceptions. Uh, people were saying on the first week that it was more aggro, and from what I can tell... It is. I mean, losing monstrosity alone uh, is going to drop the curve, the functional curve of a lot of decks. So we didn't really lose monstrosity. There's just one pack yeah. less of it, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Good point. Good point. So I mean, those cards are still out there, but yeah, the fact that uh, it does seem like the the tribute creatures are a little more aggressively costed in the sense that you get the plus one plus one counters right away, or you get some beneficial effect. Mm-hmm. 
what do you think, John? Did you have any preconceived or yeah going into it? I think there's another pack of uh, good removal where Theros didn't have the best removal, so um, maybe that's something to consider. Um, and like you said, monstrosity, one less pack of that, so it does lead to more of an aggro state, but I still have to see how it plays out. Yeah, there's a lot of time left to figure things out, and I do think that in addition to like some good aggressive cards, this set also does provide some good controlling cards, um, particularly at Uncommon and Rare. But um, mm -hmm. speaking of better removal, let's. Uh, here, here's one card I wanted to talk about. It's a, I mean, it's a card we've never really seen before. Asphyxiate. It's the the black sorcery that says destroy target untapped creature for one black black. I played with this card at the pre-release and. It's really good when you're ahead, but when you're behind, I don't know, is it, I mean, how, how good is this compared to something like, I mean, it's definitely worse than Doomblade, but what about something like, I don't know, even like a Divine Verdict? Would you rather have a Divine Verdict or this card? That would probably be a matter of color preference, um, in part. I would rather have that, personally. Um, really? But when you say it's only good if you're... Ahead? I'm not saying it's only good, not but it's only much good. better when you're ahead. Well, it does get a creature that's recently swung, right? So it gets the smaller of the two creatures on the board. No, it's un untapped. It's not assassinated. No, hey, where did that un come from? You're the yeah. Of the white oh, yeah. <laughs> the white one's exactly opposite the mm -hmm. uh, excoriate. And it's certainly not murder. It's, you know, that card is overpowered. Yeah. So. When you said uh, it's better when you're ahead, um, <clears throat> if you're behind, then your opponent's creatures are swinging. And that's not going to target those creatures, right? That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if I gouge is the best removal in the set, so what does this put asphyxiate to? Behind. <laughs> <laughs> I think you made a leap there. <laughs> Wildly. <laughs> um, yeah, where do you think it ranks in the uh, the black removal? There's the, the four mon enchantment, right? That's minus three, minus two. I, I think it's better than that. You think it's better than that? Better than. I, I think it's really close. Okay, really close? Yeah. Okay. Bioblight? No, Bioblight's the, the uncommon instant. There's a, oh, there's right, a right. enchantment that gives minus three, minus two, an aura. Um, this probably is better because it is a mana cheaper. It does outright destroy something. It's just that targeting restriction is so brutal. I don't really know. Yeah, it's not guaranteed to get it every time. Right, like, <clears throat> especially like with some of the other mechanics like Inspired and like heroic creatures that you kind of build, you Voltron up into something huge. Like those things, you're often Voltroning them up to attack, you know, to, to get in there. Yeah. Um, if they're bestowing on, like, a, the Vigilance bestow guy, then that changes things, but that, that makes this card very good. <laughs> but even then, they're, like, still getting the things that fall off any bestow creatures. Right. Um, anyway, I just kind of wanted to bring up this card and say, like, this is, like, an example of some of the quote-unquote better removal we're getting, but how good is it really? I mean, they're still limiting what we can what we can do to kill creatures, and I think that's Conditional removal. Yeah, worth noting. Yeah. I, I think it's a good trend in Magic, personally. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, all the removal spells costing a little bit more for, you know, for the limited format, so they're not too good in, you know, in our format, mm -hmm. is by and large a good thing for, well, what people seem to like, creature boards, big boards, being able to do their own thing more often and not you know, having everything they play being able to be dealt with by, well, particular black or most colors unconditionally. So... It definitely means that you have to be a little more skillful in your deck, uh, your deck construction. Make sure you can have a spread of removal to accommodate all situations when you're playing control. And 
at three mana and at sorcery, it seems generally pretty fair compared to, you know, Sip a Hemlock, which is unconditional, but you're paying twice the amount, essentially. Right. Okay, well, speaking of kind of a suite of removal-type effects, I have another card here, and this one is Shrike Harpy. This is the 2-2 flyer for 3 black-black, and has Tribute 2, and if they don't pay the Tribute, uh, target opponent sacrifices a creature. Hmm. What was your first impression of that card, John? Uh, I didn't play with it, but just looking at the spoiler, you're looking at a 4-4, or you're looking at a 2-2 flyer, and then you can have the opponent sack a creature. I'm I'm on the fence with tribute because you're letting your opponent make the best decision for their particular board state, and yeah. that's not something you normally want to do. Sure, you're getting a two-two flyer minimum, uh, but for five mana, yeah, two two and a sack for five. Yeah. What do, What do you think? Just draft removal higher when you have a card like that, so the sacrifice effect is better. Yeah, that's true. One thing I noticed about this set is that there's a lot more token generators, and so there could be a lot of just more yeah. line weenies on the board just kind of cluttering it up, in which case it makes this harpy a little worse. That's a very good point. Yeah. That was inspiration and all the token makers are replacing two, well, I guess not replacing, but making up for monstrosity and heroic creatures quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Then you're right. Yeah, there's yeah. going to be a lot more dudes on the board, so sacrifice is definitely worse than it was, worse than it would have been in the last format. Right. Yeah. I'd but, include it as a late a late uh, card in my in my pool, I think. Yeah. Yeah, my draft. I don't think I would cut it very often, but I started it I had it in my pre release deck and I started it and the more I played with it, the more I used it and just had it in my hand and looked at the board in situations where I could cast it, more often than not I had something better to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For five mana. Mm -hmm. Um because like John said, there are a lot of like just small dudes kind of floating around and I I don't know, I'd like it it was like I get a two two flyer and they sacrifice their worst creature. For five mana, it's not like a bargain necessarily. No. Like if it was destroy target creature, you'd play it every time, like all That's day. That's true. Right? Oh, yeah. Even if it was like non black, oh, yeah. non artifact or something, right? <laughs> yeah. But like Street Watch. Right. Yeah. But the the fact that like when I went when I looked to cast it, I couldn't imagine any scenario where I was gonna get the four four for five. You know, and that was usually what I wanted was just I want them to not sacrifice one of those tiny dudes and give me a big singer vampire. Yeah. And I just there, there was just no situation in which my opponent would have let me have that. Whereas mm -hmm. like they'd be like, all right, sure, I'll sacrifice this two one, have your two two flyer, enjoy. Like I'm still crushing you with my biggest dude. You know, like I, I think the card didn't perform as well as I thought it would. Mm -hmm. um, but I thought that was interesting. Black does have a lot of recursion, so any enter the battlefield effect with black. That the last set proved is pretty damn good between the Disciple and Frame Merchant. Mm -hmm. And this guy hits the two black, so that's definitely a good thing. Probably better that than it's, it, it, it being splashable at one black and four for a lot of decks. But, yep. uh, yeah, the Enter the Battlefield effects, particularly in black, seem good because they're in that color, not so much in all the other colors. To a lesser extent, I guess blue could bounce your own stuff a bit, but well, that's true. we can get things out of the yard more frequently and recur these effects, you know, the second sacrifice is going to be yeah. probably much better than the first. But that's assuming this is in the yard in the or, first place. Like, that's kind of yeah. asking a bit. Yeah, mm -hmm. true. Anyway, uh, next up is another black card. I'm just going to kind of go through by color here. Uh, Necrobite. This is a reprint. Mm -hmm. Last time we saw it was Avacyn Restored. Yeah. And in Avacyn Restored, black was the worst color. And it, like, that, that was a consensus opinion. There was nothing Yeah. Right. good about it. Or I yes. shouldn't say nothing, but it was just like it was the weakest color. It was by far the weakest color, and 
this card kind of suffered, I think, um, because it is a powerful effect. Target creature gains death touch until end of turn regenerate it. Like, that's kind of one of the best pump spells you could play as far <laughs> as, like, getting your creature to kill something else and survive combat. Mm -hmm. the, the trick is, is it costs three mana. It only really does anything in combat. It, mm -hmm. it, it, it provides no reach. You can't use it to... It's not a giant growth. You can't, like, lightning bolt your opponent with yeah, it. Right. Um, on, the, on the flip side of that, you can use it defensively against a removal spell. Um, and in general, I was... Whereas the Shrek Harpy disappointed me on Saturday, the Necrobite was a lot better than I thought it would be when I played it. Mm -hmm. Mostly because of how many games in this format boil down to, like, my board versus your gigantic monster. And this is just a good tool as far as, like, you can make a smaller creature trade with a, a very, very large creature, or you can protect your very, very large creature from removal or tricks from your opponent. And I, I found that that was pretty good. Um, I don't know. I, I that, That's all I really had to say about it. I'm not sure if you guys want to chime in on this, but... I, I like Necrobite a lot more than I thought yeah, I would. Yeah, I agree. I consider it a uh, removal spell, because every game you're going to have combat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I suppose the 1% of times where you're just controlling and uh, not really attacking in or, or defending, but this card does does the trick. And both both scenarios, like you said, it's going to protect your small guy from a big guy attacking in, and then it's going to protect uh, your guys from removal, because it's mm -hmm. not just a combat trick. So how does this compare to the... Uh the asphyxiate, the destroy target untapped creature. I mean, same converted mana cost, same color. I don't know, I, I'm not willing to say I like Necrobite more, but I it's closer than I thought it would be. Probably more deck specific. Mm -hmm. um, maybe so? like the blue-black decks or any deck that's heavier on the spells, you probably want asphyxiate to uh, have that nice spread of removal where you have answers at every step along the way. You've got your mm -hmm. cures and ends or uh, what's the new one? The double, double black new one? Vile. Vile Blight. Vile Blight, thank you. Right. Yeah. You got your answers there. I mean, if you killed their first creature, then Asphyxiate becomes much better. Mm -hmm. If you've already dealt with their board, and then, you know, anything off the top is dealt with right away. Uh, but yeah, if you're combat heavy, maybe like more about green black. I don't know. Well, maybe black red? Especially black, in white. Black white, probably, if you're targeting your own guys a bit more. Combination where you might not have as many evasive cards, like you said, blue black. Like you might not need something to kind of force through an attacker or or get through like a big blocker, mm -hmm. you know. And between those colors, you usually have answers to everything. Right. Whereas if you're yeah, if you're black green and most of your dudes are on the ground, mm -hmm. yeah. maybe this card goes up in value because you're going to be getting into a lot of ground stalls mm -hmm. where where. They have blockers, you have blockers, and you just need something to kind of yeah. turn the tide. And how good it says for it can turn out to be. I mean, it looked okay at the start, but I think yeah. it went up in everyone's value when you're talking about how do you deal with the big Voltron creature if Death you can touch. block it? Yeah, yeah and how can you beat with the giant monster? Beat the giant monstrosity creature. Yeah, Death so, touch. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very good. It's I, good I, ability. I'm pretty impressed with it, and I look forward to overvaluing it compared to <laughs> most other players. Like yeah. for at least the first month of the format to see like. Yeah, not quite sure how it is. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, yeah. It, as people like start to play around it more, that'll get that'll change things. Like I definitely at the pre-release in a later round, I was like, because I was playing a copy of it and I knew like that it was pretty usable. I was paranoid of it all day, but not many people were willing to run it, which right. will probably change if what we're saying about this card continues to be true. Mm -hmm. um, Tough to play around though when you get three mana, right? Not like 
they leave with one black and they're both. Right. Put one white mm-hmm. and God's long or something like that. Once they have three mana up, if it's a spread of different colors, quite a bit you gotta deal with. And, uh, yeah. so hopefully that'll just work out to the bite's favor, where mm-hmm. they're a little more unwilling to not make that swing in fear of the blight, because you're leaving up too much mana, you just can't afford to play around it. Yeah. yeah I expect you, I expect you to play it very well. <laughs> I expect me to get greedy <laughs> a few times. <laughs> Well, that, I mean, that's the thing about it is, like, if they do leave up that three mana and, and show that maybe they have Necrobite, it is, it's hard to play around in the sense that, like, there aren't many cards that really counteract it. It's not like when you have a giant growth, you can be like, okay, I'll attack in with my bigger creature. If he blocks and uses a pump spell, I have a pump spell of my own to get in there. It's like, if they block and play Necrobite, it doesn't matter how big your creature gets, you know, mm-hmm. unless you give it uh, Indestructible with that new green instant or... Yeah something along those lines, God's willing to give it protection. Like, there aren't a whole lot of cards that interact favorably with Necrobite in those kind of big combats, where you're you're kind of going all in, trading tricks mm-hmm. to see who, who's going to come out on top. That's yeah. what I like about this card, is that it's harder to answer. Yeah, yes. I think that that's pretty valuable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Alright, uh, last black card I wanted to talk about was Spiteful Returned. This is a Bestow creature, it's the 1-1 for 2, and has Bestow for 4, and uh, whenever... It, yes. it attacks, or the enchanted creature attacks, defending player loses two life. And, of, of course, because he's a 1-1, the enchanted creature also gets pulled on this one. Mm-hmm. This card clocks so hard. Yeah. I fucking love it. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> Played every time. I just, yeah, especially in a combo like blue-black, which is what I was playing at the pre-release, on any flyer, on any, I mean, just something with a big butt, you on, know? Mm-hmm. On one of the regenerators, the Wanderer, the new 1-3 for yep. 3 that drains when it inspires. That and card is, regenerating for the same cost. As that the card one. is cool. Yeah, yeah, that card is very nice. It's having some uh, reliable reach towards the end to get in the last few points. So yeah, this is something that it's just one of those cards that looks kind of innocuous as a one-one for two, with what may seem like a marginal ability in the sense that like you can't target creatures with it or anything like that. But just it's such a quick clock if you get mm-hmm. it going. And I thought I, don't know, I was impressed. No, no, two, impressed. two life is significant. Yeah, and I mean, you swing four. three or four times with this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah bestow is very cheap. Yeah. Bestow yeah, is exactly. very reasonable. They couldn't yeah. make it any cheaper, it have to be fair. Yeah. I like all the four bestow uh, enchantments out there mm-hmm. from the previous set, too. All right, before we move on to another color, John, you've got a pile of notes there. Well, I mean, what do you want to talk I about? i got a few things. How about Oops. my favorite black cards? Is the forlorn, forlorn Sudama. What does it do? Oh. That, yeah. It steals your children. That it does. It does. What a flavor, right? Climbing in your window, it's just a, it's snatching a, your peoples up. It's creepy art. <laughs> this, this really scary zombie chick is like dragging these sleeping kids with her. Uh, but it's got intimidate, two one intimidate, so it, it does some can do some damage in combat. And then when you its inspired ability is when it untaps, create a two two zombie. I mean, it can it can kind of make its own little army mm-hmm. behind it. And I guess in the flavor text, the children are the zombies. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> they don't look like two two zombies. Makes those it even those are the one token. I know each each. But, Color has one of these token maker guys, yes, right? That's true. This one's nice because it has that built-in evasion, mm-hmm. so you can get in and you can untap it almost every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my favorite. The flavor, the name, Sudadama. It's a bad bad mama. Sudadama. Sudadama's a bad mama. That's right. <laughs> and then just the fact that it makes more dudes uh, on its own. So if mm-hmm. left unchecked, you yeah. got yourself an army. Exactly. Yeah. One of those cards that in some situations could win on its own. Right. I guess. Pretty much every token maker when left unchecked mm-hmm. would reasonably cost it enough. 
could potentially look like that. Well, but a stream of chump blockers is also very good. Yeah. Especially, like, again, in a format where most people kind of go all in on one large threat. The downside of Inspired is if you can't untap it, if it's not attacking in, you know, because you don't obviously want to lose it. But this mm -hmm. guy's got the Intimidate, so it just is a nice yeah. nice package. Mm -hmm. One of the Inspired features you think of maybe kind of like good for rogue targets. You really want to bestow onto yep. something that you can swing in with impunity, of course. Mm -hmm. We're talking about how this one is good because it already has Invasion. But all the other ones, you can get it up to a power and toughness where you feel you feel fine to swing, or it's clear that you can swing and not move your creature, then, yeah. Then it's can you get the guaranteed work. trigger every turn? Yeah, it, that's going to be... It's going to lead to some snowball-y games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, The stow is just still very, very good. Yeah, and even better now. I want, I want like, all the bestow cards I can get mm -hmm. my hands on, basically, Completely whatever colors I'm playing. Completely with it. Yeah. Yeah. What else you got, John? Oh, I don't know. We already talked about the eye gouge. That's that's a fantastic, uh, <laughs> fantastic card. <laughs> that's card. I like the uh, the war chanter. Uh, he's the three three minotaur, and uh, when he's untapped, he gives intimidate to another creature. So that's oh, also the five mana inspire one. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. that was a card that I wasn't sure about. I played with it, and it did it did good work for me. I mean, how easily nice were you able to attack with it? Well, it's just the three three. I, that's true. Um, I guess the particular opponent I was playing didn't have a lot of uh, defense and a lot of resistance for that, so a 3 okay. was getting in, but uh, it can give itself. Uh, right, once yeah, you connect... not have much going on. I know. Right, he's just getting in and dry. I know, exactly. <laughs> Five three three on turn six. Well, yeah. you know, I can't was... deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> I got lucky. But so, it, so it impressed me. But, uh, yeah, that was one of the cards that I ended up cutting from my pre-release text just because it seemed too slow, and mm -hmm. I was just worried that if I cast it on turn five and I couldn't get in with it that first turn, it's like, what's it doing after that? You're just yeah. playing a, like kind of a below the curve creature, but it's good to know that it can work. I just, yeah, I'm skeptical. It depends. Well, on it takes more state, work right? than some of the other inspired creatures, but right. it's a really good ability. I mean, just like yeah. we're talking about Mama having intimidate and how relevant that ability She's is in this format. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, being able to give that to someone else, you know, something maybe a little bit bigger than a three-three, if you can sneak it in one time. Yeah, and again, if you bestow onto it and make it like a five-five or something, then yeah. you, then you really can just get in there and start giving it intimidate every yeah. turn. Yeah. So that's cool. Okay, well, yeah, uh, we we also mentioned uh, removal. The bio blight seems sweet. Drown and sorrow is new removal. Uh, weight of the underworld. It's all good stuff. I think Black got kind of a nice selection of uh, removal cards, mm -hmm. even though some of them, like you said, are conditional. What, now, what do you guys think about losing that pack of Theros in black? Like, not having access to a pack of Disciple of Fenax, Disciple for uh, Grey Merchant. What's the give and take there as far as, as the mono the, black or like the heavy black deck okay. goes? As the strength of the, the color? Yeah. I would say worse on first opinion, just because of how good Grey Merchant is. Mm -hmm. And I think the removal was better in Theros for black. And I'd rather, I'd rather have Cure with uh, Sith at common than what? I gouge is 68. And wait, mm -hmm. I comment. Necrobite. So, <laughs> I'll get it for that. So yeah, Necrobite. Necrobite to Boon. I don't even know where that is. Maybe Bite gets like, even though it's more expensive, gets the edge because of the, the Death Touch clause. But um, I think by and large, the removal got worse. And the best common in the format is <laughs> there's one less backup. The best reason to go Mono Black. So can you, so, but can you swing that the other way and say like, okay, if in general Black is a little bit worse, Maybe fewer players are gonna draft it in pack one and then in pack two, especially if you cut it off hard in pack one. Yeah. Like maybe you get hooked up with gray merchants and all That's that stuff. I mean, is that is that something that we could try to target as drafters going forward? Is that something that 
is viable. Yeah, that's a possibility. I mean, we got greedy with three packs of uh, potential gray merchants. In yeah, there, right. So we're losing that one card. But I mean, the whole the whole format doesn't hinge on that one card. There's other black creatures. In there too, but. but definitely, you know, third pick, maybe fourth pick, gray merchant can be a very good signal. I don't know what the very I don't know what the great common signal is that black is open, or what would be your incentive to go heavy black other than to speculate for the black devotion cards and there's mm-hmm. Yeah, you um, probably have to be on the lookout for uncommons and rares, because the, the commons really don't kind of jump off the page yeah. as like being really powerful. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, there is right. the the mirror enforcer guy. We can just talk about what the one. I don't like that card. Okay, let's not talk about it. Well, we, we can talk about it. I just don't. I don't think it's that good. Okay, that's my personal opinion. What's his name? Uh, uh, I don't remember. But he's seven mana, and he costs one colorless less for each for your devotion to black. Oh, yeah. So right. he's like six in a black. Okay. So, like, you, you can do the math on it, right? Like, let's say you play a, a turn two grizzly bear, mm-hmm. like uh, the some the, awful minotaur. Yeah, or some awful steed. Marsh Miss Titan. Titan, right? Yeah. And then on turn three, let's say you play a Felhide minotaur, right? So then your okay. devotion to black is two. On turn three, uh, or four disciple of phoenix. Yeah. So, so let's say you take turn four disciple of phoenix, then you have devotion to four, and so then. On turn five, you're casting a four or five. Well, that, that's pretty good, but that's also you like you want to cast it to something else. On right. turn five to really get that giant tempo thing. But then again, if you're playing cards like I'm cutting you off. No, I was just gonna it. say it's kind of like uh, it's just that, that's best case scenario. You know, that, you're like yeah, you have a black card on turn two, a black scenario. card on turn three, and a double black card on turn four to give it four mana off. So then it becomes what does it cost? Three mana better. Yeah, three mana for a four five. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's good, but you're still not getting that until turn five. How and often is that going to happen? Like green already has a, a Nessie ass, but you don't have to do any work for it at all to get a yeah. four or five reach with monstrosity on turn five. Like, right. yeah. he's fine. I just, I'm not impressed by that. Yeah, card. if your devotion is, what would you say, like two or less, it's very bad. When it gets to become more than two, maybe it's good, but you want to have another card to fill out the curve, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just a vanilla four or five and you mm-hmm. cast it. You cast quite a little bit earlier. You probably yeah. wouldn't mind waiting a turn and casting you know, something much better, Benthic Giant, or yeah. Benthic Giant being much better. Much better. Maybe that says something about Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> sad, sad state of affairs. <laughs> All right, I think okay. he's, a, he's a giant. He's in the marsh. You know, it's misty. It takes him a while to get going. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to see through that yeah. fog. <laughs> All right, we've been talking about black a lot. Let's talk about a different color. Uh, what color do you want to talk about? Green. Green. All right. <laughs> Green it is. Okay, I'm yeah. going to start off with the two cards I, I pulled aside here that I wanted to talk about. The first is Satessan Starbreaker. This is the human warrior for three and a green. It's a 2-1, and when he enters the battlefield, you can destroy target Aura. How good is this card? Is it sideboard only? Because that's been my impression so far. I think so. That's my impression, too. I think if it cost, a, if it cost three, then it would just be maybe cheap enough where you could run it in the main and then sometimes have the upside. If you, mm-hmm. if you were aggressive enough that you wanted to have that body. Yeah, but um, I mean the body is just you know, pathetic for a four drop. So you was, really need to know that you have targets. What was that card in Innistrad that was a three two for four? Was Slayer of some Fiend Slayer? Does that sound right? When it entered the battlefield, destroy target werewolf, vampire, or uh, zombie. It was a white card. No, that's Slayer of the Wicked. Slayer of the Wicked. Yeah. 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 This card seems like a much worse version of that to me. Oh. Like yeah, if this if this card were a three two, I'd jam it all day. Yeah, but it's a two one for four, or, or like you said, if it was a two one yeah. for three, like there's just you, you need some give or take. Yeah, the numbers just don't make this a strong enough card to run in the main deck. And 
Well, I misread it during the spoiler before it was out, and I was like, "Killed any enchantment? What a great card! Oh, that'd be I'll awesome, play it yeah. every day." Yeah, yeah, but not not the case. Just horrors. Yeah. So that's that's one I wanted to talk about. The other one I wanted to talk about was Mischief and Mayhem. This Ooh. is the green sorcery that says up to two target creatures get plus four plus four until end of turn for four and a green. And this card did some work for me on Tuesday in our draft. Yeah. Like this, I mean. It's a sorcery, so you, you have to play it pre-combat, which is mm. not ideal. But at the same time, the effect is so large for five mana, especially in a set with Heroic, where you're getting triggers. Oh, that's true. And I don't know. Like, I was playing white-green, so I had some evasive threats, too. And I don't know. I just thought this card was very good. Um, and I look forward to playing it a lot more and possibly even splashing for it. I think it's that good. I love your assessment. It's the Exalted One, LSB, had given it a one on his set review. Not advertised for, you know, another man's, uh, another man's input. But, no. yeah, he gave it a he gave it a solid one, saying that he'd rather have a lot of acts in most situations. But Ooh. just the fact that it targets twice in this format, I think. You could even bump down the plus four, plus four to plus three, plus three, maybe plus two, plus two? No, um, not plus two, plus three. Uh, plus three, plus three. And be passable. But four, four. That's All you really need is one evasive creature. Yeah. To make it, you know, don't get them for what, like and six or seven guys at least. eating them because yeah. it's now it's just too much damage out of nowhere. That's mm-hmm. uh, a like much better than he gave it credit for, and it seems like it's going to finish a lot of games outright. Right, like if you have a two-two and a three-three that you're targeting with this, like that's what thirteen damage. Mm-hmm. That's that's a big chunk of life, and especially like at the state of the game where you play this, it's going to be a little later, and yeah, you're just going to get some good value off that. Yeah. I just I love this card. Yeah, yeah. super size two creatures. I think that makes up for the fact that it's a sorcery, so people are going to see it coming. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it triggers heroic just it makes it really good. Yeah. yeah. What you got in the the green section over there, John? My favorite green card of the set has to be Aspect of the Hydra. So He's good. Oh my gosh. The, the devotion. It's true. I am. <laughs> devotion. Let's take a second to talk about that. No, let's not. That's another <laughs> podcast. Yeah, my other podcast for that. Uh, it, it's a it's a giant growth early if you got a couple of green uh, permanents out and it's a blowout in the late game. What's it what's it do? It's uh, one green mana instant and you get plus uh, plus X plus X where X is your devotion to green. Okay, so that's like the green corollary to that Marshmallow Titan we were talking about earlier, the black card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what uh, you, have you played with it? I have. And so I've been what were what was buy it on <laughs> on average? Do you think what was the plus plus it gave? Um. I think uh, I got I got a I got it against uh, in, in the early game, so it was like a plus two plus two, and it just was a nice combat trick to to beat their creature. Uh, in the late game, I saw it going plus four plus five, and it was just monstrous, you know, ridiculous. So uh, for one green, I think it's a it's a great value. Mm-hmm. And you don't scry off it, right? Um, bringing it up, no, no scry, no scry. But just one of the most uh, dangerous. Uh, Combat tricks, I think. And, and any one mana instant is inherently valuable just yeah. to be able to kind of randomly get a heroic trigger here or there, yeah. especially if your opponent's not not ready for it. And were there any single green combat tricks in Theros? Uh, yeah, it was just the uncommon. Well, not a combat trick, but it was the two targeting one. The, oh, what, right. Hunters. No, I know what lesson. you're talking about. Yeah, Warriors Lesson. Warriors Lesson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, not exactly a combat trick. This and is better was, than that, right? Um, I think I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I wasn't a big Warriors lesson fan, but this this card, yeah, I mean, 
mostly because, at least in the early going, people aren't going to play around with it as much as they probably should. Right. It is a common, right? Yeah, <clears throat> it is, yeah. Yeah, okay. And then we'll, we'll learn that, but I do, early on in the format, I like to play trickier cards, like like that, or even like the blue, what's that blue one that's really bad, Crypsis? Oh, yeah. Like, that card doesn't seem that good, but just because people don't really know about it, they're not ready yet, for they're it. Not, they're not prepared for it, you can you can tend to get get people Especially if you if you feel like you have a play skill advantage over your opponent. All right, let's move on to some blue cards here, and possibly my favorite card in the set, if only because it's a total fucking nightmare. <laughs> Perplexing Chimera. This is the three three for five. It's a rare four and a blue. It's an enchantment creature that says, <laughs> what does it say? Whenever an opponent casts a spell, you may exchange control of Perplexing, Chim Perplexing Chimera. And that spell. If you do, you may choose new targets for the spell. And if it's a creature or a permanent, you control the permanent. So you just get to trade this for any spell your opponent could play. Like, how do you choose, first of all? <laughs> and when you say you control the spell, you're changing the target, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you, mm -hmm. you take over the spell cast. Okay. But but then you so give them the like Chimera, that. and then they can do the same to you. This card is so fair. It just, and like, for five mana, mm -hmm. to have such a fair card... If if you are playing against someone who you believe is of similar or equal play skill, like I think this card is pretty bad. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're playing against somebody who's not as good, oh my god, it just seems like you could really blow some people out with this effect. Those are all the stories I heard from the, the first pre-release. Right? right. It was everyone that Cartmill was playing had messed up in every opportunity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, that is the pre-release, and you know, it's not gonna be indicative of everyone that you play. I was like offering advice on how to be very casual magic players. Yeah, Maybe not not really the point of this podcast. But I was sitting next to a an, uh, a round or a couple of uh, players playing this card, and one of them cast it, and they called the judge over because someone didn't understand how it worked. Right. And the yeah. judge explained to them accurately like what the card would do, and then that only proceeded to make these kids more confused. <laughs> they're just like, wait, what? And then they're like trying to piece it together. They're actually helping each other try to understand the card. And then yeah, at, some point, right at some so point, <laughs> at some point, the guy who played it got so fed up with trying to understand the card, he's like, screw it, forget it. I'll just never activate it. It's just a 3-3. Three, three. Like, I'm just never going to use it. <laughs> got frustrated. And I'm like, well, what the fuck are you playing the card for, dude? Like, yeah. at the same time, like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't blame him just because the card is, it's perplexing. It's really difficult to evaluate and, and to use. So It seems very good. I mean, if you play it and you're ahead. Again, and yeah. If you're ahead and they have to play something to respond to your board, given yeah. you just tapped five mana to play 3-3, three, three, which <laughs> some of us like. But, uh, you know, if you, if you are ahead, that's we'll probably see. not going to help you too much in staying ahead. But then when their next best answer you take control of, you know, mm -hmm. it's definitely not fair right away. Because presumably they might want to cast weaker spells and try and bait out, switching it for the weaker spell, but you just need to you get to be the first one to choose, right? Yeah. You could be the first one to choose if you exchange it. So the weaker spell, that doesn't affect your advantage. You're going to let them have oh, that yeah. spell. You're, you're just going to take the next good one, and hopefully the next good one still was supposed to be played in order for them to gain back some tempo, for them to stabilize the board. Mm -hmm. So when you take that one, that whatever that spell may be, hopefully you've just pushed your advantage even further. So I think it's going to be a very skill-testing card oh, yeah. with good players. And uh, it's going to be very, very fun to see what people decide to do in response to it. 
Yeah, I yeah have a really hard time evaluating it, but I'm looking forward to What's some great? ridiculous stories. Yeah, yeah, we don't even have a immediate immediate opinion on it. Something wild <laughs> to say about it. All right, I have, I have a question about it. Go ahead. <clears throat> so it's got a head on each side of its body. It's got a butt head. Where does it poop exactly? Maybe it's like an owl that just regurgitates everything. Oh, I like that. That's good. That's right. Yeah. All right. I don't know if all owls do that, but some owls definitely do. Um, there aren't enough owls in Magic sidebar. Uh, Sage owls. up there. Next up, uh, Nullify. This is the blue-blue instant counter-target creature or aura spell. Like this card is another one that, for me, was kind of tricky to evaluate in the sense that, like, I understand that it has a lot of targets, and it'll hit a bestow creature no matter what mode they choose, mm -hmm. but... How big of a deal is the double blue in the casting cost? Like, that seems... Like, I don't really want to play this unless I have at least nine islands in my deck. Mm. I would say less islands would be okay, but it depends on when you're trying to cast, right? Okay. You just don't look at it as your answer to their two-drop. Essence Scatter used to be in a lot of formats. You just I can accept that it's going to be coming down later, maybe, you know, counting a big creature or counting a bestow creature on turn four, five, six on out. See, so I want if you're my, okay with that, then I'm, I want my counter spells to be good whenever I can cast them. Those you days know? might be done. <laughs> I know, and that's, yeah. it's hard because, like, I think what made Essence Scatter and the original counter spell good and in, in limited was that for that, basically, anytime you could fire it off, you just would. You'd be like, all right, I'm just going to trade this card for whatever you're doing right now, and I'm going to steal some tempo from you because I did it on your turn, right? Mm -hmm. and presumably. I didn't have cheaper, maybe right. than whatever spell they were casting. And presumably, I didn't have a two drop anyway, which is why I'm playing this card. You know, mm -hmm. whereas like this card, because it's double blue, and because like the mana in this format is subtly kind of tricky. Like the, most of the really powerful cards are double color, and that's a trend I think they've been kind of implementing into all sets of Magic a little bit more lately, which is a good thing because it makes people commit to like a certain color and it rewards people for good mana bases. But with that said, like this card is not always going to be able, you're not always going to be able to cast them on turn two or even mm -hmm. turn three, and that makes it worse. But at the same time, like, it's still a very powerful, like you were, like, if you're playing it in the late game to get maybe one of their better creatures mm -hmm. or auras, like, this card seems very good in the sense that you could have cast something on your own turn and left up the two blue. Yes. I think it goes into any controlling deck. I mean, you obviously want to have enough loot to play it, like you said. But, um, yeah, what, when would you not play this in a controlling deck, right? I mean, just based on the base, I guess. Yeah, I guess if so. you're, if you're just flashing, flashing, if you're just like flashing, blue is right. I'm just going to say something, you know. Bold statements. <laughs> Bold statements. Blue is the most splashed color in Triple Theros, and if it turns out to be the same case, then, yeah, I can see it ending up in a lot of boards, just because you're not playing blue or as your base color. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know, I thought that was an interesting one. I do like it though. I do I think the fact that it's harder to cast makes me like the card more in the mm -hmm. sense that like again, it, it rewards people for building good mana bases. It's a little easier to play around if you're cognizant of it, if you're a smart player. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, I think that's cool. Alright, uh next up, and then we can kind of just use this card to discuss all of the new bestow commons. This is the Nyxborn Triton, the two three for three, and it has bestow for five. This card is Freaking awesome! <laughs> you like that, huh? I really do. Yeah, plus two, plus three makes a big difference in this format. Like that's a that's a lot of toughness, and a very reasonable bestow cost. I know you don't get any abilities with it, but so many of the other cards in the set have abilities like that. Like this, I think this is probably the best blue common. Well, blue normally doesn't get a two, three for three mana. I mean, I think that's rare. It's usually the one, 
one three or a two two. So right off the bat, you're getting value for casting it just as it is. That bestow on it really benefits any creature it goes on. It gives it more yeah. toughness. The fact that it doesn't grant an ability makes me feel better about casting it on turn three. It's just a two three. Yeah. Like I I still would prefer to bestow this every time, but I don't mind just running a two three out there mm-hmm. on turn three. Um, that that definitely halts some early offenses from some of the colors in this format. Not all of them. Kind of seems more green than blue to me, just the fact that it's got that, that bonus, you know, the two the two three that you can put on another creature, but still good, nice to have in blue. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think of the other ones in this cycle? Like, there's the white one that gives plus one, plus two. There's the red one that gives plus one, plus one. <laughs> and the black one's what, plus two, plus one? Yes. Okay. Two I mean, five drops the so, and the green one is three, one. I like the green one a lot. The green one is can do a lot of damage pretty quickly. Are you talking about the ones that just give the power toughness bonus? Yes, just the regular vanilla yeah, yeah, bestow yeah. guys. I think you play a part. They're not that exciting, but... Uh... I think this is, this is the best one of them. I'm inclined to, to go with you on that, but it's possibly just a color preference. I don't know if it's just more relevant to have cheaper mm-hmm. bestow cards like the white and the red one for the white and red heroic deck. Yeah. But those seem those seem very good to have a body left behind, especially if tokens and having a swarm is being pushed. That's been one of the hardest things for me to evaluate so far because I've only done sealed once and drafted once is the difference between sealed and draft. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I'm drawing a lot of my experience from the pre-release where we're playing sealed, first of all, and second of all, it's you have that that seeded pack that's just overflowing with yeah. one specific color that you chose, and it's not really indicative of the format <clears throat> as a whole when you are playing against people who guaranteed themselves a non-color bomb creature and guaranteed themselves like a bunch of playable stuff in that color. Right. So I don't know how good like the white, like you said, the white red bestow guys are in like a heroic deck. Versus something like this, which just has a lot of raw power, you know, relative to those other two cards. I think that's tricky, mm-hmm. and I look forward to figuring that out. Mm-hmm. Finish that thought that I was saying. Like I oh, I'm sorry. Self off for once. <laughs> um, no, just that the uh, the red and white guys, since token is being pushed or having a swarm, seems to be pushed a little bit more in red and white. Although good because you're putting them hopefully on a heroic creature and mm-hmm. you're doubling down. They also leave behind a body that, although they both look terrible, is still is still totally fine, I think, in this format, both as a note card for all your enchant creatures and bestow cards, and as being just potential chump just blockers. A one one that can get pumped by, you know, the white uncommon. Phalanx leader. Yeah, or Phalanx Leader. Both the white yeah. uncommon and the new one that's got the red activated ability. Oh yeah. That Phalanx card's leader, which is very yeah. Both very good. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh last card in blue I wanted to talk about was Flood Tide Serpent, if only to say that this card plus Raised by Wolves is a blowout. I lost to that. I lost to that one at the release. Wow. Yeah, that's value on your. Every turn, every turn, get get more wolves and replay this to have the bonus be even bigger. Like plus one, plus one for every wolf. So that's that's a dream you might be able to live if you're the blue green drafter. I just wanted to throw that out there. I saw it and it was nasty. Um, Anyway, how good is that without the raised by wolves? I think if you have the auras that draw you a card, the cheap ones when they come into play, this card is very serviceable. Mm-hmm. Like I would mm-hmm. not mind it. running one of these if I had like an Ideas Presence and a uh, like there's the one that grants flying and it makes it makes it into a Welkin turn essentially or a Vapor yeah. Uh If you have like a couple of those and maybe one other just cheap enchantment, mm-hmm. I'd be happy to run one of these all day. 
Okay, so it definitely needs help. By itself, it's just a full four that sits there. I mean, you can still block <laughs> with it, but yeah, yeah. I, I think you want to be turning on some sort of aura shenanigans to run mm-hmm. this card. What color do you want to go to next here, John, on your, on your notes? I think white is uh, going to have a lot to talk about. Let's go let's go white. Okay. Well, what do you got? I like the uh, Krorian, uh the Phalanx, the guy who pumps all your creatures if you give it red mana. Yes. That, that card. We're just talking about that. Yeah. It, it really... It, Got the purple ability, right? Yeah. Same cost. Anytime you can affect all your creatures on the board, it's so nice. Yeah. yeah. Especially in a color combination that, like Ryan was saying, gives you a swarm of dudes a lot of the time. The right. only color combination that doesn't mind when you play a 1 1 sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or a 1 2 or whatever. The white, the white one's 1 2 and the red one is 1 1 of the two bestow creatures, right? So. Mm-hmm. And he's a reasonable body, too, right? Yeah, he's a 3 3, three, three for 4. Oh, he's a vigilance, too? Yeah, he's a vigilant hill giant for 4. Jeez. Totally nice. Yeah, it's uncommon, right? Yeah. Okay. Uncommon. That's a pretty it does a good lot. ability. That's a really good card. Too, once again. Would you... Let's say you're not playing red. Would you splash a Miser's Mountain for that ability, or is that not really relevant? I I don't think it's really worth it. definitely would if the mana was... I mean, if the mana was okay, which is always, you know, right. the cop-out additional it. answer. Yeah. 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 One mountain, especially if you another way to search for it, too, and you actually mm. have multiple clips. But yeah, one mountain, I think the ability is... Probably relevant enough that it's worthwhile. Yeah, especially if you're in like white blue where you have a lot of evasive threats or. Yeah, I mean, I could see how mm-hmm. that could do work. I just, or I mean, here's a better question. If you're like a red green deck, do you splash white to get that guy in? Ooh, that's a good mm. question. Wow. Probably not. I would, I would think you have enough tricks that, and enough of a curve that that's not as important an ability, maybe, in mm-hmm. a red green deck on the splash. It just isn't as. As impactful as maybe just some other cards that you can cast at the same cost. Is there a color? Is there a red X color combination besides red white where you consider splashing it? Like I like your white blue. Okay. If it's white blue, you toss in the mountain. But that, that's what I'm saying. The other, but the other way, splashing for just the white part. Splash. So like like part. red blue, would you splash that guy on a white splash? I don't think so. I would. I would because you'd have more access to, like, you only need the white up front. At that point, like, once he's on the battlefield, then what you really want is a lot of red mana, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why my initial my, my initial thought was I wouldn't splash red just for, like, maybe a single 10 activation on that card if I wasn't playing red as a main color. But if I was playing, like, a red-blue deck with a bunch of Vaporkins and other, like, small flyers, I'd be tempted to splash the white for that guy, especially knowing that I'd probably have one or two mountains to be able to activate him. But... Splashing for like mid, like mid game creatures doesn't always work out that well. Yeah, I agree with that assessment. I mean, it's four to play it, and then three more to activate the ability. So to really get a lot of value, play it and activate seven mana. It's a little steep. Yeah, I think you want it in red white a lot more than you want it anywhere else. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's I'm not. No, it's perfect for that. Because well, newsflash, if you're red-white, you're playing a lot of little dudes. You want to get them in there, and uh, you're just attacking every turn. So yeah, it does it does a great job. Speaking of little dudes, one of the cards I wanted to talk about was a Crow and Skyguard. This is the one-one flying creature for a colorless and a white mm-hmm. that has the general white heroic ability. When you target it, it gets a plus one plus one counter. Mm-hmm. Where does this guy rank for you guys compared to the other? White creatures with his ability compared to the the hoplites, the winged um, steed rider, and we're not even bothering putting phalanx leader in there, right? That's an illegal sound. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, it's not as good as phalanx leader. It's definitely not. (laughs) Let's let's say is phalanx leader better than winged steed rider in your opinion? 
Yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I think it's close, but I do think that the leader is a little bit better. Um, but yeah, where does this rank compared to those other two cards, to the Hoplite and to the Loom Steed Rider? Good question. What do you think? I think it's better than the Hoplite because it has that built-in evasion. Mm -hmm. But um, Loom Steed, it's got... I like the Wingsteed better, just because it's a little beefier at the start, and then they both grow from there. So mm -hmm. you're not going to you're not gonna lose too. it to a Spark Jolt or a Viper's Kiss. That's right, right up front. That's right. Yeah, yeah. but I do like this card a lot. This mm -hmm. card's a little more aggressive and easier to cast than the Wingsteed Rider. I yeah, I'm curious to see how this one performs compared to the Rider because I do think that the format did get a little bit more aggressive, and being able to get that heroic guy down on turn two versus turn three, and also not requiring double white is, I don't know, it's pretty valuable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Test is, you know, what is looking at your toughness? So how many of, like, how many removal spells are you dodging, or, like, how much how many removal spells are you dodging quicker with this card being bestowed on than mm -hmm. the Wing Speed Rider? And I think just because it's got one toughness less, it's pretty much a wash. You get to cast you know, spells that target it a turn earlier, but you're giving up a point of toughness in the process, so mm -hmm. you're going to be it's going to be on the board and vulnerable to maybe the red removal and Freakus here earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and doesn't jump out of it the way as quickly or immediately, but you do get an extra turn. So maybe maybe it's a wash. I would. I'm very curious to see what it is, but I mean, Wingsteed becomes Wingsteed becomes like an Aramental or a Dragon right away. Basically, the first time you target it, this yeah, becomes something true. not quite as good. But then again, but it's out of turn earlier. Yeah. How about with the white and red guys that you get to bestow for what three and two? You get to do that right away, and you have a three power flyer with mm -hmm. three or four toughness. Talking mm -hmm. about the new sets or any of the other guys, like I don't know, chosen by Heliot, I think would be great on this because you're really just worried about the toughness early on. Yeah. And you deal with you know, doing the damage. I would say it's very, very close to being that Wingsley Rider right now. Yeah. Very close. I mean, I think I think that's kind of what I was feeling too, and I and I guess my advice to the listeners would be value this like you would a Wingsteed Rider if you're planning to draft a white heroic deck because it seems right on par. Exactly. Yeah. It does a lot of the same stuff. Now, if you're drafting that deck, the card you really want to open up is the Hero of Heroes, the Grizzly Bear for that has that white heroic ability for plus one plus one counters, but it also makes aura spells you cast cost one colorless less. I had this passed to me on That's Tuesday ridiculous. in our draft wow. by, by a very good player. He took a quality spell over it, I'm sure. Was he in uh, white? What's I mean, that? You said he passed no, you. Pick one, pack one. So like he oh. passed this and, and took something else. Okay. And I, I I grabbed it thinking I want to try this card and see how good it is. And I can report that it is very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like It does so much. The, the cost reduction on auras does a lot. Because we've talked about how important it is to have bestow costs that are manageable. This makes all of your bestow costs mm -hmm. a lot more manageable, and I think that that's more important even than the heroic ability. Like, because if you're being able to cast your, uh, what's it called, your Nimbus Niads for four man instead of five, or your Vigilance Everything bestow guy, the Observant yeah. Alcyon for yeah. four instead of five, like, yeah, I mean, they were costed pretty fairly in Theros, and this card makes them a little more unfair, yeah. and that's crucial. That's it's, it's very good. Point. Yeah. Well, while just being an efficient card in the first place. Yeah, there's not many bears that give you mana at the same time. Functionally give you mana. Mm -hmm. Assuming that in your deck, you're going to have enough auras that the ability is essentially you know, giving you an extra land on the board for a lot of your spells. Yeah. And how good was the, uh, not favorite hoplite, but the uh, battle-wise hoplite? I mean, the you, white this guy's one? easier to cast, you don't get the scry, but just having a 2-2 that was growing right away. 
mm-hmm. you know, more or less a free power to drop if you consider the heroic trigger being a given on turn three, turn mm-hmm. after you play it. Yeah, this card seems. It's very Princess good. Crest is very good. Yeah, the more the more you've talked about it, actually, the more I've been sold on it. It looks kind of vanilla to me at the start, but I'm. I think that's why you undervalue. Yeah, because you saw it, it's like, yeah, it's it's fine. It's just another white heroic dude. How good is it? And then you see how how much like when those things that used to cost six to bestow now cost five, or even like if you're putting a, a chosen by Heliod down for one mana, like that was that was nice. That was, I, I saw that play where you. That was what you were kicking yourself about. Yeah, right? I missed you it. the turn. Yeah, I, I wanted to leave <laughs> up. I wanted yet. to leave up God's willing, yeah. and I and had two this, and right. I had two, two white, white mana, <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, I can't cast cast this chosen by Heliod because then I won't be able to leave up God's willing. It actually ended up working out better for me that I didn't cast it then, and it, it taught me a little lesson in patience because later I was able to kind of sneak in that trigger uh, and, and target something else with the chosen by Heliod and force through damage with the very same God's willing as like a offensive play, mm-hmm. like. Give my guy uh, a possible stone counter. Give a protection from your blockers. Get in there yeah. for exactly lethal. I mean, that's but, nice play. And this is definitely not a guy that looks like you want to be patient with. I mean, no. anything that's giving you fast mana and is growing its power right, right away is right. Looks like you want to just like a lot of good heroic figures. Mm-hmm. Go did, all in on right away. Play against Nathan with this card. You that was show him the power. That, it that was that was yeah. the game actually. <laughs> that was who I was playing against when I uh, all right missed missed my early chosen by Heliod play only to get. Get, get, have it give me the win later. Next up, and this is kind of contrasting the uh, Asphyxiate we talked about earlier. This is Excoriate, white sorcery for three, colorless and white. It says Exile target tap creature. Now, how, how does this card compare to Divine Verdict? Which would you rather have? Good question. Can I defer to seat one oh, for yeah. a second? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I want Ryan, 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 <laughs> Ryan checks. Checks, checks to me. Um, check, I'm, check, check. I'm in on this card. Yeah, I like it. White white removal is always at a premium. Um, compared to uh, the other one, I mean... Divine Verdict. Yeah, Divine Verdict's got to be in combat, right? Attacking or blocking. Mm-hmm. So this could be just uh, after they play a card, and it, it obviously is attacked, so it's tapped. The fact that this set has um, all of the inspired creatures that you know make a difference when you do untap it, so there's going to be some good targets for it. I'd rather have Divine Verdict. Let's point counterpoint. Yeah, my my deal is that this sorcery speed is is the big bummer of this card. Mm-hmm. Whereas Divine Verdict, you can kind of get your opponent on pump spells, and you don't have to take that first hit. Like it, Divine Verdict kind of does the same thing. Like a creature has to tap to attack you, or just has to attack you, right? Right. Um, like if it has vigilance, you so can still get it. Once, yeah. yeah, so I don't like letting the card get in once with Excoriate versus mm-hmm. Divine Verdict. Um, and just Divine Verdict can work on offense. It has a lot of like the same properties of like what I liked about Necrobite that Excoriate does not have and Asphyxiate does not have because you have to do it on your turn, you have to do it outside of combat, and you I think you lose some value there, like mm-hmm. not being able to fire it off as an instant. Well, I like the art better. The art is at this the is better. pillar of flame just going right through the That is the sun god sphere, right? That is pretty sweet. That's a nice one. What creature He's not is going that? on to his kids. So it's got to be one of the uh, one of the demons, I guess. That's like the black promo demon. Yeah, the eater of the tormentor, something torment. <laughs> oh no, the promo guy. Tormentor of eating, eater of <laughs> souls or something. Tormentor of souls, eater of souls, eater of hope. Hope. Oh, but we he's got, got like these big horns. He's got the so big Abyssin horns. He's got Abyssin horns. They're on there. Okay, yeah, good call. This has been, been a lot of talk about Abyssin today. Art analysis. You're thinking of the Herald Torment. 
Yeah. Oh, hey, He's another, another demon. <laughs> that guy's great. You got any other uh, white cards there you wanted to talk about, Lollamons? How about the Ghost Blade Eidolon? That guy's got double strike. It's a 1-1. One, one. But uh, coming out for two. Yeah. Right? yeah, that's the white one. Bestows bestows on it. Four? There's a five. I think five. I think so it's, it's a little expensive. It's expensive yeah. But hey, you play that with a hero. Or a six only four, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like double strike. Uh, and again, a lot of people they uh, yeah for six they don't six to bestow. Yeah, and three they don't realize how good double strike is. Oh saw yeah. That the is, you know? mm-hmm. I'm like, you need to play that card, dude. It's good. Mm-hmm. It wins in combat. Splash pool. That's something we need to do. Bestows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bestows seems fair. For six. I mean, I don't think you can give them. I mean, with the power and toughness that it is, yeah, I think we can make two two. That gives that double strike, and that would just too good. too good on a basic yeah. guy. So. It, it costs three, man. I said two earlier, but mm-hmm. it's just two and a white. Yeah, that card is sweet. Again, I think it just comes down to the fact that all these bestow cards are good. I think you're going <laughs> to run every single one of them, especially yeah, the ones that grant abilities. Uh, I, I like them a lot mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, I think the one color we haven't talked about here is red, and I'm just going to kick things off with a junker. Uh, Epiphany Storm, and I this is the the aura that costs a single red to cast, and it says Enchanted Creature has pay a red and tap it to discard a card, then draw a card. Or I guess discard a card so is part of the cost. Loot. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. So it's like what do they call it? Rummaging, like rummaging goblin. Yeah. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that this card is good, but just in general, these auras that allow your creatures to tap, and it, they're forcing this like, hey, put this on your inspired creature yeah. thing down our throats. But how good or how bad can these things be before you'll not play them if you have like enough inspired targets? Like, do you, will you ever play this card? Like, what how many inspired creatures would you need to want to run this card? Probably zero. Zero. Kind of like discard. You know, yeah. um, I don't like it as much. I think this card's pretty bad in general. But I, again, I can see the value in saying like, okay, I have four inspired creatures, like. You want a reason to tap them. Right. And I need, maybe like, yeah, maybe they're not all super efficient at getting in and attacking. Or like, let's say you have that five drop we were talking about earlier, the Minotaur, the three, three for mm-hmm. five. That yeah. Intimidator. Grants you Intimidate when you untap it. Like, this card could do work there. Like, mm-hmm. even even if you only activate it that first time just to give itself Intimidate. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and then it's always getting in, yeah. I just think it compares to the cycle of them, of the... Enchantment or the auras that have the activated ability. So there's what drain two or not drain two. There's card player loses two life. Yep. There's mill three. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't come through on the radio, but yeah. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan nods suggestively. His eyes got real big. Your textbook right now. <laughs> um, and what's the what's the green one? That's oh, that's the the ramp. That's the ramp and fixing one. That one's. Well, no, what's, the blue one is uh, draw a card, or scry, then draw a card, or is that uncommon? That's the uncommon one. That card the is common sweet. one. Oh, yeah. yeah. The common one is mill, mill three. Okay. Yeah. I think that the mill one is actively bad. I think that yeah. this red one is pretty bad. I think that the green one is fine if you want the fixing or the ramp. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but even then, nice like that, that requires you to have like an early drop, too, so... There, there are restrictions on that, too. Like, I wouldn't, like, even if I needed the random fixing, if I didn't have, like, more than three two-drops or something, like, I don't know if I'm running that card. That's fair. Um, That's fair. What about just as a heroic cycler? Would that just be good enough? Does it you draw know? you a card when yeah, it comes yeah, out? Yeah, it cycles. Okay. So well, it's then, like the presence. In that yeah, sense. then that's that's a lot right. more a lot more reasonable than something like this. Mm-hmm. Or I'm the black you. one, which, that black one doesn't draw a card either, does it? No. 
What's that one called? Oh, uh, you're talking about Grizzly Transformation? No, or? no, oh. it's a it's got an activated ability of target player loses two life. Oh, okay. I think that one's pretty bad too. Unless there it is. Yeah, claim of Erebus. Claim, claim of Erebus. Now that's a card that if I had a lot of inspired stuff, especially defensive inspired abilities, you know, like maybe I'm I happen to be running a bunch of those blue dudes. They give nah, never mind. The minus three, minus zero, oh, like coral merfolk. You know what I'm talking about? When it untaps, yeah. yeah. Never mind. That doesn't really make sense because that gives the minus three, minus zero on your turn. Which yes, doesn't really help. Exactly. But if you're, yeah, I don't know. Like if you if you want to turtle up, if you want to fucking put the armor on and then try to just drain somebody out with that while getting value off inspired triggers, I can see that being viable. Just not a very good plan. Not a very good plan. But if you're, I mean, maybe you're hurting for playables or something, or or you just need a, a way to win that's not typical because mm -hmm. your opponent's deck is just better at beating down than you or something. Like, I could see you going that route, but I think that one's bad, too. I, I just... The green one's probably the best. What does the white one do? Do we... You gain three life. Oh, that one seems terrible. I, I think most of these are bad, and unless you really need the heroic triggers or you really need the inspired triggers, these aren't cards you, you want to play. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, the red one, I mean, just in the chance that looting could be, could be decent in your deck... I think in like the red blue deck, right, where there's mm -hmm. a lot of things that are counting, or there's a lot of reasons to want to have uh, spells in your yard, or maybe it's on the splash in some other graveyard centric decks, which yeah. would be a loose graveyard centric <laughs> graveyard centric decks. heroic inspired deck. <laughs> <laughs> All the fun. So, I, uh, I know you'll yeah. try for it. Not not very fun. good, but. Right. I think, I think, again, if you want to get creative and have some fun trying to, like, make a wacky strategy work, I think these are fine enablers. I just, if you're if you're spiking out and you just want to win every draft, these are cards that you should probably be ignoring. So, you would ask in terms of inspired creatures. Yes. I don't say none, because it's, you can have heroic creatures, too, right? Sure, I mean, just sure. looking at, once again, red, blue, like, Triton Forge Hunter, if mm -hmm. I can just draw a card right away off that, you know, stock up my hand for the, the looting that's going on. Sure. This body is mainly just meant to sit there, right? Mm -hmm. Or or the other Triton, the uh, Wavecraft Triton. Yeah, just get know. one activation and then maybe start getting some better card quality. Like, I, mm -hmm. I get it. Doing that blue thing, getting better card quality, right? Right. With a red card, coincidentally. With a red card. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's bizarre. Mm -hmm. but I just, yeah, I don't know. I just don't see myself running this unless I'm really all in on some sort of heroic or inspired shenanigans. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the only time I could ever see myself playing these yeah. cards. The blue and common one we talked about Tap to scry one and then draw a card. Oh yeah, that's just a, that's just a real card. Like yeah. I'd play that in any blue deck. Yeah, that's good. It does cost one. I mean, that's nothing to shake the stick at. If right away you can mm -hmm. cycle a land into an actual card and it replaces itself, then at least it passes the test. Yeah, in I a small way of getting a card out of it. I, if it didn't, if it didn't grant, if it didn't require a mana cost to activate, yeah. I think that would make this card pretty playable. Actually, yeah. mm -hmm. in the sense that like turning something into a, a rummaging goblin. Well, not thrilling is is fine, but when you have to commit a mana to it every turn to pull off that ability, that makes it a little trickier. Because I do think that mana bases in this format are subtly very important. Uh, next red card I want to talk about, and this is kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. This is an uncommon Thunder Brute, four and two red for a Cyclops with Trample, and he has Tribute three. So he can become an eight eight if they pay the tribute. If they don't pay the tribute, he has haste. Yeah. So you either get a five five trample haste or an eight eight trample. By the way, it dies to Agash. <laughs> <laughs> Does that have a gouge death? Does that 
one. The gouge <laughs> test. It sucks, because you can hit it in the eye. Uh, just so vulnerable to an eye gouge. <laughs> I never want to see my opponent play this creature, because an 8-8 yeah. is just so have all the eye gouges. So if you, have, you don't have both. an eye gouge, that's right. Um, You're not playing black. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I, I think I just wanted to kind of bring this up is like, it's that um, prerequisite red uncommon that's better than a lot of rares. Like, mm-hmm. remember in, uh, what was it, Return to Ravnica, we had the giant, the unleashed giant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Blood something. So 4-3 or a 5 Blood prey giant. giant. Yeah. Is that what it was? Blood, yeah. And Blood prey. Yeah. And then there was Blood another prey. one, I think, in uh, the next set, in Gate Crash as well. It was like another four mana for a ridiculous like beater. And this is just kind of along those same lines where yeah, even if it didn't have tribute, a 5/5 five, five trample for 6 is just like, yeah, play that. Is it I mean, is it that much better than the fox, the volcano, the life that is? I I, I mean, mean I think so. Color, I I cost though. But it's like either like let's compa- let's say it doesn't have haste. Then you have it's an 8/8 eight, 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 eight. trample, so it's cl- cl- clearly better, way. right? Yeah, and yeah. then and let's say they don't pay the tribute. Then you have a 5/5 five, five trample haste. Like, that's better than Volpon Goliath, too, I think. Like, just being able to get in that first turn. Mm-hmm. I, I love this you card. You my question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. But, I mean, it's like, how how much better is it? I'm not sure. I think it is considerably better, though. Probably in certain red-paired decks. Like, probably in red-green, it's much better. Or red... Well, I mean, I might say it's worse because you, you don't need the, the big fatties as much, right? Green's already got fatties. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So you don't need a fatty, but it is... Probably considerably better than most of the things you're going to. Right. So, like, let's say you're playing into. red white and you kind of curve out with a good, like, spread of early drops, and then maybe you bestow something on turn five, and then on turn six you play this. Like, yes, yeah. you're just threatening a lot right there. You're like, okay, I already have, like, some. I have a Wingsteed Rider with something bestowed on it, right? And I have maybe another Aggressive Bear or something. But, and now I'm going to give you the choice of either giving me a 5 5 haste trample right now, or you're going to give me something even bigger than anything else I have. Like, just topping out any like aggressive curve with this card, while is kind of like best case scenario, and and living the dream as it were. Mm-hmm. I, I just I don't know. I really want to do that. In the red white deck, would you rather have a six mana bestow card in most situations? Like that. That's what I envision. The typical mm-hmm. you've curved out in the red white deck. You just want to give your guy two two and first strike, or you know one one double strike, vigilant, or any of the other five or six cost bestow cards. Is that just better than casting the brute at that time. Given the typical red-white deck, I think it is. But You think you'd rather bestow? I think in most situations, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if I have a Wingsteed Rider out and it's sure. still out, sure. I just want to put one more thing on it and all that good. Okay, no, that's a fair point. Yeah, I didn't really consider that, but I, I guess what I'm saying is it's hard to argue with just the raw power of this yeah. card. And I don't think, if you're playing red, you'll ever want to cut this. Yeah, it does blank does blank a lot of creature combat just by how gigantic it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's asking for a removal spell, or it's probably big enough that you win. What, what do you think your default setting is going to be when someone plays this against you? Like, do you think it's going to be, like, most of the time I'm going to give them the haste just because 8-8 is so big, like 8-8 trample specifically? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to say, like, well, I mean, obviously there will be those turns to be like, well, I can't let him attack this turn, so yeah, here yeah. are your counters. I got my Divine yeah. Verdict for next, or... Right. Oh, or maybe you have the, the new white one, the X, X for eight or whatever it's X called. So you just let it sure. knock you for five this turn and get them on the next. Mm-hmm. You, you'll know how to play it. So the default, I think, is just very... 
There's no too situational. Yeah, there's no situational. I think I think when you're playing a red deck, they're going to have a lot of burn. They're going to have a lot of little guys get damaged. So you may be at 15. You may have already lost 15 life. Yeah. You yeah. Play this, and you have to give them day Yeah, you got it's, it. It's just a bad situation. <laughs> Super feel bad. <laughs> and it's got trample. Oh, it's too good. Should have been a rare. I'm sorry. That's what I'm saying. It just feels. It feels like a rare power card, at least for limited purposes. I I, I like that they made it an uncommon because. Like, no one wants to pull this in their pack as their rare. Like, cause it, constructed wise, this is right. pretty much unplayable, but limited, yeah, I don't know. Super good. Limited, yeah, quasi bomb. I like it. I like it as rare at maybe five mana. But if I had five mana, I want to talk about <laughs> one card at the very least. The uh, Constrictors. Holy oh, shit. How do you play around that card? What do you do? Pretty you got to open mana up and they can it's steal your creatures at instant speed. That's an uncommon. And it's right? a good body. Yeah, that's an uncommon. Cost one less. Built in you know, threat. What the yeah. effect might be on turn six with another card. Is that the best non rare in the set? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's, the, there's that whole statement I wanted. Well, wait, yeah. wait, I gouge. And then. <laughs> best non gouge, yeah. non rare. There we go. <laughs> uh, Does uh, not die to an eye gouge. In fact, you could use your own eye gouge on gouges, it. Though. You could gouge it wow. to steal someone's. I mean, that's true. Gouge does everything. Yeah, gouge <laughs> does it all. I mean, you two for one your opponent with it. If you have a crone conscriptor out, yeah, this that guy is just he's insane. He's, he's really stupid good. good. Yeah, there's a reason you don't, you know, get to threaten their creatures at instant speed very often. There's only been a few of those printed. Yeah, and they uh, usually cost six rare. Or yeah, we had active aggression that you could pay. Three, four, right? Three and, and four life. Yeah, three and four life. Yeah. Life. <laughs> <laughs> you got 20 of that. <laughs> Plenty to go around. Yeah. So it's, would you say red got better in this set? I think it did. Yeah. I agree. Sure yeah. looks like it. Yeah. Sure red red like was it. probably the worst color in Triple Theros. Mm -hmm. I think the hammer counts for a bit in making that happen. The hammer, um, what, the follow the hammer? Follow the hammer. That card is sweet. Yeah, it just being removable. able to deal with yeah. uh, larger creatures, because before, you know, you had, what, Magnus Brain, Lightning Strike, and yeah. Rage, so, you know, well, mid-range well, creatures are starting to top out pretty quickly. Meanwhile, giving you a heroic trigger as well. Yes. Like, follow the hammer plus a Chrome Prescriptor is, like, could just be a three-for-one a lot of the time. You're like, three damage to that, steal your other guy, block this guy, and you're losing! Yeah. You are dead. Well, it's probably better in, well, usually it's better than red, green, right? Or red plus big creatures. Big that, that kind of red deck. Yeah. I'm not breaking any, uh, you're not saying anything, you know, out of the ordinary here. But maybe it's not on par with still the top tier removal. It's just a very unique effect. It also means it's a splash bowl removal in red. Yeah. Like a unique splash bowl removal. Because I don't know if a lot of times you had the fixing, you're playing maybe a green deck. I looked or you to got splash bowl on Tuesday, or not. Mm. Yeah, but you don't want to splash for maybe like the burn. You don't want to splash for lightning strike if you think you're only no. going to be playing it turn five, turn six when you get your fixing. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I actually went first pick the the new giant spider, the grave robber yeah. spider. Mm -hmm. Second pick was that hero of Iroas, and then third pick I just took a fall of the hammer. And I'm like, well, either I can play white red or I can play white green and try to splash this this single red card that's going to be very good mm -hmm. if I'm playing white green with a lot of heroic stuff. Like, yeah, like. Uh, yeah, I just I love that card. It was really good. That's probably the best. It's one of the best commons in the set, if not the best common in the set. Yeah, I splashed for that. But I splashed that. <laughs> you got any other uh, red cards you want to talk about on your list, there, John? My favorite red card has got to be Fearsome Temper. It uh, you mm. know it's an aura and you enchant a creature, so it's triggering, and uh, you get plus two plus two, and you can make a creature can't block. 
It's just what Red is looking for. Yeah, on pair it seems to make a lot of sense. I mean, fits right into that red white heroic yeah. deck we're talking about. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. You you probably able to get it pretty late too, which is nice. You don't have to spend a super high pick on a card like that just because there is that inherent risk of it being an aura. Right. Yeah, the bestows go above it probably in most situations, mm -hmm. but yeah, if you want one of the bestow creatures, you're probably fine to wield it. Yeah. How does that compare to uh, the green? Feral uh, yeah, feral indication. How how do you how would you value those versus each other? Well, got, Feral's got flash, right? Yeah. yeah. Bouncing the two twos combat trick. People see this one coming, uh, but I still like this better just because of the added bonus of paying three mana. You don't have to tap it, and you make another pitcher not block. Mm -hmm. it, it allows you to get in there. You know, an invasion is always a good thing. Yeah, I think they have pretty similar values. Like they each have their pluses and minuses, but yeah, I think. If you value Fearsome Temper along the same lines as uh, Feral Indication, you, you'd be doing pretty well. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, anything else you guys want to talk about? Because we're at about an hour 15 right now, and uh, I kind of want to wrap things up. Uh, I'm good. I'll be talking about Seder Wayfinder for the next you know, few months. So. Oh, yeah. Well, no, no. Give us, give us, because you, you did mention that you wanted to talk about that card. Give us the quick skinny on, on Seder Wayfinder. Tell us what it does first, because these cards. Uh, Seder good. Wayfinder is um, a 1 1 for 2. Like a lot of wayfinders, and um, what it does is you reveal the top four when it enters the battlefield, and you get to take a land from them, put it into your hand, put the rest to the yard. And uh, the quick comparison of this would be from the first set, color-wise and cost-wise, commune with the gods. Mm -hmm. But playing commune turn two, usually you're looking at the rest of your hand and figuring out you know, what card do you need to fill out your curve, or what creature do you want to fill out your curve in most cases. And um, or in slower matchups, you take a glut on the top end. So, no immediate impact. Uh, it just replaces itself right away. And if filling the yard is something good, you get some upside later on when having cards in the yard is good. Which is usually around turn 4, turn 5, or more or likely later. beyond. Yeah. Well, this guy is, you know, the immediate impact of getting a body on the board. Albeit, just about the worst body you <laughs> have on the board. But it also helps you curve out, which I found to be much more important so uh, you're saying it just green decks helps you hit those land drops, you mean? Helps you, yeah, excuse me, yeah, helps you hit the land drops that you need to get to those critical turns, where in a lot of the, in, at least in all the decks that want to have something in the yard, you really want to hit five mana. Mm -hmm. And keeping, you know, two land hands with a Wayfinder, you feel really damn good about that when you've got, you know, your asks at the top end, your menders, or what have you. So, so yeah, tell us more is, about the, the graveyard stuff you would want to be doing with this card. Because um, I don't think many people went that deep in Theros. I think there's just added value to it. I mean, because a lot of the, the best cards are at Uncommon in Nemesis of Mortals and yeah, uh, cool. the Mender, Freakless Mender. Mm. So what you want to do with those is stop your guard, of course, as quickly as possible. This in Commune does that. Um, there's no other card that do it uh, cheaply and that efficiently. Yeah, when you think about it... Uh, Think about it in those terms. I think it is probably on par with I'm not quite voyaging Seder, because the Seder ramps and you know fixes in pretty guaranteed way. But very damn close. I would say it's the second best green two drop. Um, Jeez, really? Yeah, 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 in that deck, absolutely. I think, I think uh, this card isn't very good. <laughs> really? Yeah. It is it does replace itself. I mean, with no a question. land though, it's not like and you're not guaranteed to get a land. 
You are not guaranteed you to win. whiff on it, too. I, know. <laughs> uh, I mean, that'll, that'll not right. right? <laughs> I mean, you're talking about a very specific deck. Like, if you, if you do have those graveyard shenanigans to get to, I understand the, like, why you would like this card, but in your average green deck where maybe you don't have a Nemesis Immortals or you're not playing black, how good is this what? card? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Does not compute. Yeah, probably, I mean, not as good as... Okay, so what would it be behind? In maybe green-red, maybe you want the Hedonist over it, because you're wanting the power more. Talk mm-hmm. about green 2-drop, right? Okay. I think green-black, you definitely want this over all the other green cards. Sure, like I said, green-black, I green, blue I think so as well. I think it's better than... I mean, what's it even compared to? There's the... The heroic uh, one that we were mentioning, the was it Karamicha's favorite. So the cycling enchantment. If you want to count that as a two drop, that's in the running. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, I think it beats that too. Since you got, uh, let's see, in blue, you got mnemonic wall to consider. Um, okay, you're right. I'm going to start to like defend a graveyard deck pretty pretty thoroughly right that's now. That's fine. But I, at I, least, guess, I guess that's what I'm saying is I want to I want to come across as the guy saying for a graveyard deck I get it for. An average green deck, like, do you want this card at all? Like, I understand it might be a fine two-drop, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe just don't play this and play another three-drop or something. Like, I'd rather have a Ness Enforcer or uh, an Agent of Horizons or... I mean, I guess I, I'm comparing it to Theros cards, not to Born of the Gods cards, which I should be, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not as impressed by this card in the abstract. Now, to be fair, I haven't played it. Like, I haven't even touched this card yet, so... I don't know. I, I, I mean, so just like at your suggestion, I definitely give it a try. Like I, I, I kind no, of dismissed it because we played together. <laughs> I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'll it's try like, it for us. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do the trying. Um, so yeah, like I'm, I'm definitely more curious about it now, but I don't. I'm not like super excited to mm-hmm. to go that route. Okay, I guess it depends on how you value value in your deck, and uh, you'll know if you're trying to be more aggressive. In which case, you want the coursers and the agents. I can't argue against that. Yeah, but if you think you're a little more mid-range and top-heavy, even if it's just getting you a land, let's say, 90% of the time, right. that you hit. Well, I guess that's that's the other argument for the card, is if, yeah, if you are a like a, a controlly deck who just needs to hit your land drops because if you get six mana, you're going to win, I get that, too. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, average average green deck, does the aggro decks and mid-range decks also throw into that mix? Like, this card seems... I mean, it's always going to be fine. It's always going to be playable because, it, like you said, most of the time it's going to replace itself and it's going to help you hit your land drops, but at the same time, like, the 1-1 one, one body at least behind, and, and the graveyard stuff might not be relevant. Like, I, I think it's it's a fine card, I just don't, like, I'm not excited about it. I guess that's what I'm really trying to get across. Okay, I would say it's already fine in saying it's very good in green-blue, green-black, or the combination of them. Okay. Uh, probably not nearly as good, or not probably, definitely not nearly as good in green-white and green-red. Okay. So... The green-blue and green-blue-black was probably the best color combination. I don't think anyone would really... No, I can't, can't that. Argue Everyone says that. those were the three best colors, mm-hmm. and you can put them together. You're golden. I mean, look at look at all the best decks from day one at the GP. Like every sealed deck. Not every sealed deck. But most, most of the successful ones, ones yeah. were those colors. Yeah. And this card is very good in those colors. So, And those are just like, you know, Nemesis is good on its own, and now it's much better. Vendor is good on its own. And now it's much better. Mm-hmm. So it's making already good cards much, much better than they were. Rescue becomes a real thing now. Um, not becomes a real thing, but it's also a more viable. More playable. Yeah. Better, yeah. Yeah. Give it a try. 
All right, yeah, I will. No, I, like I said, I'm, I'm definitely more apt to try it because, like I said, I kind of disregarded it. But, um, yeah, that's cool. I'm looking forward to it. Randy's half man, half goat. So half, got that going half goat. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, you got anything else, Lullamond? No, I'm I'm good. I'm excited to play some more Magic, get my hands on these cards. Yeah. I, can do. I haven't been fired up about a set like this in a while. Like, Theros I was kind of in on, but it really lost its luster kind of quickly. Hmm based upon the fact that you couldn't really, like, go super deep on certain strategies. It was very... It felt core-steady to me, and now I'm I'm excited that, like, this new set's here to shake it up and kind of put a new spin on a lot of these cards that we kind of grew accustomed to valuing one way or the other. Anyway, if you, uh, listener, would like to get in contact with us, you can do so by email. Our email address is eastwestdraftcast at gmail.com. You can... Send me a tweet at EWDraftCast. Uh, Jeff is at JeffEWDC. John, you're on Twitter. What's your uh, Twitter handle? Uh, Bupkis with two Ks. B-U-P-K-K-I-S. Bupkis. That's right. All right. And uh, you can check us out on Facebook, uh, facebook.com backslash EWDraftCast. We have a website, eastwestdraftcast.com, for all your EWDC needs. And uh, hopefully we'll be back sooner than uh, we were this time. But, um, and, and I know that Jeff wants to be podcasting, but he's been very busy lately, and uh, I'm not sure when he'll be back. But we'll keep on trucking as best we can, and thanks for listening. Draftcast out. Thank you, John.